Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to American Medicine Today, presented by the Bonatti Spine Institute, featuring the internationally acclaimed inventor of the Bonatti Spine Procedures, Alfred Bonatti, MD. Once again, here are Dr. Bonatti and your host, Kimberly Brumell. Thanks for joining us on American Medicine Today. I'm Kimberly Brumell, joined by Ethan Euchre. Glad to be here. And Jeff Wagstaff. Thanks for having me. Now, you know, when it comes to spine surgery, that's not anything you really want to just jump into. But if you're looking for true patient pain resolve, reach out to Bonatti at Bonatti. Um, we're going to have an exciting show for you today. We're going to speak with Dr. Uh, Michelle Maidenberg, author of Free Your Child from Overeating, which provides strategies to help kids and parents deal with obesity. And then we're going to talk with Kimberly uh, Strassel, author of The Intimidation Game and How the Left is Silencing Free Speech. Um, it's definitely an eye-opening investigation into how our government limits speech here in America and what needs to be done to protect our basic freedoms. And then, of course, we'll hear what's new in American medicine today. But up first... In today's Back to Life segment, we will talk to a patient of the Bonatti Spine Institute who went from living a life that was restricted by pain and discomfort through their journey of finding the Bonatti Spine Institute and are now living pain-free. Well, today we're going to break away from the traditional mold of what we do here. Normally, we speak to the patient of the Bonatti Spine Institute, and this gentleman, Charles McPherson, was the patient. Unfortunately, uh, he passed away a few years ago, but we have his son, Mark McPherson, from around Texarkana, Texas, on the line with us, and he's going to share from the caregiver perspective what went on with his father. So thank you for joining us on the program, Mark. Thank you. Why don't you tell us how your father came to be in pain? Did he get into an accident? or? No, my dad was a machinist for 36 years. And uh, over the years, uh, he injured himself lifting stuff and uh, moving stuff. And uh, just uh, unfortunate that he uh, worked hard all his life and, and had these injuries. He, uh, unfortunately, he worked, had hurt for almost 36 years Wow! before we found out about Dr. Bonatti. Okay. Can, One of the ladies at church told us about him. Okay. Can, can I ask you real quick, when your, do, uh, when your dad was hurt, what type of pain was he feeling? Did, did he tell you where on his body he, he had the pain? Well, his, and... his back hurt him. His lumbar back hurt him really bad, and the pain would travel down his legs. Okay. And he, he would just sometimes just jump and jerk because the pain would be so sharp and hurt. And how was that af- affecting his daily activities? Did it affect him walking, sitting, sleeping? Oh, yeah. He, he had a hard time uh, doing a lot of things. Uh, okay. Uh, for the last two and a half years before we got to Dr. Bonatti's, he couldn't sleep in a bed. He had to sleep in a recliner. Oh, I'm sure that had to just kind of affect his overall mood. I mean, I know when I feel a little bit of pain, it, it puts me in a in a not-so-great mood, let alone not being able to really stretch out and relax at night. I, I can't imagine. What did your dad do to seek some type of pain resolution? Well, he went to everything you can imagine. He went to uh, chiropractors. He went to uh, acupunctures. He went to surgeons. He had uh, four open-back surgeries. Wow. And every time, it just got worse and worse. 
what was recovery like for those procedures? Oh, it was it was terrible. He he would have to uh, have to have the surgery. He had to lay on the stomach for like twenty four to forty eight hours, and then he couldn't get out of the bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was probably in the hospital for two weeks. Try to get him better. Got it. We should also point out that because a lot of times people kind of half listen yes, <laughs> to the yes. radio. You said that your father had had four open, open back. back surgeries. Which again, yeah. we also call traditional back mm-hmm. surgeries. That is not what Dr. Bonatti does. Correct. And we've seen time and time again the people that went through these open yeah. back surgeries, they either completely fail and then mm-hmm. they find Dr. Bonatti who has to fix them, or uh, right. they, they, they find very little relief at all. And, uh, but oftentimes it gets worse. So that's right. what you were saying. He had these procedures right. done at other p- facilities and found no relief, correct? Right. Yeah. It got worse every time. Yeah. Wow. And then, uh, a lady from church told us about Dr. Bonatti, and so I sent my dad's information there with the uh, x-rays, and uh, I think he had uh, CAT scan because he had a, a stent, so he couldn't got do an MRI. Okay. And um, they got back with us like within seven to ten days and told us they thought that they could help him. Mm-hmm. And so we made plans. I took a month off of work, and uh, we got on a plane and flew to Florida and uh, went there. The first day we got there, went there and... Uh, mm-hmm. It was kind of amazing because we rented an apartment from a gentleman that Dr. Bonatti operated on. Oh, <laughs> small world. And they gave us this information ahead of time. Plus, we rented wow. a car from another gentleman that Dr. Bonatti operated on. Oh, how funny. Uh, the, the car was $200 for a month with no mileage. Right. It wasn't a brand new car, right. but it was a good car. Oh, you know? wow. I think at this point, Dr. Wow. Bonatti has worked on and fixed just about everybody in the state of Florida. So that doesn't really shock <laughs> me that much. Yeah. Uh, so, so here you are with your father in Florida. Um, he had already been through those four previous failed traditional back surgeries. What was the experience like when you came into the Bonatti Spine Institute? Well, it was it was pretty good. They did some more testing stuff on him. Okay. Uh, and uh, we were talking to him about him not being able to sleep in a bed. And so they did a, a, another CAT scan there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they said they could fix it. So the next day, they had a surgery. It took about an hour. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came back out and he was able to sleep in a bed from then on. Wow. So immediately following the first Bonatti spine procedure, your dad was able to actually sleep in a bed, which he hadn't done yep. for two and a half years previous. Wow. Right. Um, really good. What was that like for you as the caregiver to finally see your father getting relief that he so needed? Oh, it was some relief. It's it's um it's like when you have children and they're little and they hurt and you want to do something for them but you don't know what to do or don't understand what to do. Yeah. And same thing when your parents when you're taking care of them when they get older you want to help them too and you just you know you're grasping the straws and we finally found some place where you could get some help. Yeah. Now, they do differently things at the Bonatti Spine Institute than they do from hospitals or other facilities where loved ones can actually go into the operating room. Was that something you did with your father? Yes, I did. My, my dad uh, was a machinist for 36 years. He's a little hard of hearing. Okay. And Dr. Bonatti has a little accent. Yes. And uh, so I went in with him during the surgery, held my dad's hand, and uh, whenever they needed to, to do something or whatever, ask him a question, I would tell him and find out what the deal was, you know? So did you and, did you find that to be amazing? Because I'm, I'm just going to take yeah. a wild guess. When your father went through those invasive open procedures, were you able to accompany him into the OR? Not at all. Not at all. Okay. So there you are. You're in the operating room. 
you said you were holding his hand. Dr. Benatti was speaking to your father during the surgery. What did you think about that whole conscious IV sedation? I thought it was really amazing. Mm-hmm. The fact that they do that, they laid him over what I call a big marble-looking stone. Okay. And and they they I don't know exactly how the sedation part works, but it's like it's like they did they did in his body where he didn't feel the surgery going on. Mm-hmm. Got a little hole and they put a stainless steel tube in there, real small. Uh-huh. And they put a camera in there and had these little instruments and stuff in there, and they were able to go in there and find the spots that were bad. <laughs> Very good description. Yeah. And uh, fix it up where he was doing better. And then, then they would sew it back up, and Dr. Minotti himself would walk my dad up and down the hallway to make sure everything was better. And what was that like? I mean, have you ever seen other doctors do that sort of thing? And no, most, most of the time you can't get t- uh, 10 minutes time from a doctor, you know? Right. Especially a surgeon. They go do what they got to do, and then mm-hmm. you don't see them again. <laughs> and did did your dad and you, did you watch the procedure? Yeah, I mean, you yeah, were in there, but camera, did you watch the screen? Uh, a TV up there where they had the, the whole thing up, up there. It was really amazing. Now, from the time, because he, he went through a few more Bonatti spine procedures. How, yeah, a four. Okay. How did your dad do after that? How was recovery for him? And, and name some of the activities he finally was able to do. Okay. Well, the doctor told me to be uh, six or, yeah, six to ten weeks. Okay. That, that he would still have some problems, but it would be getting better. Okay. So um, about six weeks after we got back, I was at work. My dad called me and told me that he didn't have any more pain, <laughs> that he got up and did a whole bunch of things that he couldn't do anymore mm-hmm. and had no pain doing them. <laughs> so, I mean, he was able to go fishing. I mean, when he worked in the garden before, he had to get down on his hands and knees because he couldn't stand up and even use a hoe yeah. because it hurt him so bad. He could do all that now. So if you saw somebody suffering in the same way as, as your father did, would you feel comfortable enough based on what you saw happen with your father and, and what you saw while you were at the Institute? Would you feel good enough about uh, telling them that there is? I, I, tell people, I tell people all the time when they're suffering from back or neck yeah. pain about Dr. Benign. I tell them to go on the website and look it up. Well, we really appreciate you taking time out of your day to give us that caregiver's perspective. Thank you so much, Mark Fearson. Um, so no sorry problem. to hear that your father did pass away, uh, Charles McPherson of Texarkana, Texas. Thank you so much. Yeah, and it was it was only three years ago when he passed away. The surgery was several years ago, so he, he enjoyed uh, a good 10 or 12 years after that. So. That's great. Well, we're All glad right. to hear that. Thank you so much for sharing his Thank story you. with us. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Have a good day. It's stories like that that make what they do at the Institute so important. If you've been told that nothing can be done, you have to live a life in pain. You know what? That's that's not going to be the case. Reach out to Benatti at Benatti.com or call 855-267-0483. Coming up after the break, we're going to be speaking with Dr. Michelle Maidenberg, offer of Free Your Children from Overeating. You're listening to American Medicine Today, presented by the Benatti Spine Institute, featuring the internationally acclaimed inventor of the Benatti Spine Procedures, Alfred Benatti, MD. Once again, here are Dr. Benatti and your host, Kimberly Brumell. Thanks for listening to American Medicine Today. I'm Kimberly Brumell, joined by Ethan Euchre. Glad to be here. Our senior fellow, Jeff Wagstaff. Hello, everyone. And world-renowned orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Alfred Benatti of the Esteemed Benatti Spine Institute. Now, joining us right now is Dr. Michelle Maidenberg, a cognitive behavioral therapist and author of Free Your Child from Overeating, which provides strategies to help kids and parents deal with obesity. 
very important topic. Thank you for being here, Dr. Maidenberg. Thank you. Now, this is a topic that we've discussed at length just mm-hmm. because it is such an epidemic. What do you think, Dr. Maidenberg, is the biggest factor that contributes to the overwhelming level of childhood obesity, inactivity, mm-hmm. diet, socioeconomic factors? What are your thoughts on that? Cell phones. And all of the above. Video games. Video games, exactly. Um, yeah, it's a combination of things. I don't think we could, you know, we could fully look at the issue without addressing all of the things you just mentioned. So there's inactivity, you know, there's all, we also have to consider how food is processed today. So there's definitely an addictive quality to the food we're eating. Yes. Um, yeah, and so we really have to, and the sociocultural issues, you know, how kids are raised and socialized, you know, there's a lot of technology, they're indoors. Um, we also, we're socialized culturally, you know, all of our kind of celebrations and everything that we do centers around food, for mm-hmm. that matter. And Correct. typically, it's, it's high fat and, you know, high fat foods. Dr. Maidenberg, it seems like the one thing that contributes to this more than anything is when all of us were children, and you go into a neighborhood, mm-hmm. you wanted to find the other kids, you'd see kids, you'd see bicycles, Everywhere. you'd see activity. Yes. Mm-hmm. You just had to step out the door. I moved to right. Tampa here five years ago, moved into a yeah. very nice neighborhood. I thought, wow, there's no kids around. First, <laughs> The first Halloween... The kids came out of the woodwork. They were everywhere. Well, because now but, they, they have a thing to do with, with their uh, – there's, there's candy on the line. So they'll put down the Xbox controller, and they'll come out looking for candy. But you don't yeah. see kids. When we were all kids, you'd leave in the morning. You'd take off all day. You'd be on your bicycle. You'd be out Climbing walking trees. Or, or playing or just congregating with other kids. Today, kids don't ever even come out of their well, house. I, I, I think there's another component, too, which we also have to take into consideration – which is stressors, you know, kids' stressors. So, for example, I see a lot of, like, high school students, you know, in terms of the competitiveness of getting into college today, you know, the amount of academic stressors, you know, it, it's prohibited, it's prohibited for, for kids to be outdoors because they're inside doing homework and other things. Kids are just overly responsible, and they, they just have a lot of, um, you know, they're overscheduled. Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't really allow for time to exercise. Okay. I, I have to ask, because parents never want to feel like they offend their kids, and every parent thinks their child mm-hmm. is perfect. Mm-hmm. So do we have that kind of Goldilocks syndrome going where the parents are afraid to say anything because they feel their kids are just right or it's just a phase that they're going to go through and they're going to grow out of little it. Little Johnny weighs 300 pounds at the age of eight, but he's just right. Right. He's perfect little Johnny. He's a little yeah. snowflake. We call snowflake. Him Big Johnny. <laughs> well, it, interestingly enough, mm-hmm. um, what I discovered, and I, you know, I have to say I wasn't surprised, but it surprised me more than I thought it would or the extent of it. <laughs> this is the kind of book where people read on the subway and they actually – you know, they, um, they're embarrassed to show anybody the cover. <laughs> yeah. So when I, you know, parents, when I'm giving presentations or I'm, you know, talking about the book, parents are always whispering in my ear, how do I bring this up to my kid? Or I want to recommend this book to my, you know, to my sister or brother, you know, to deal with my nephew or niece, but I don't know how right. to do it. And, you know, so the, the concern that I always hear, A, is that they're going to, um, you know, say something that their child doesn't already know about themselves, which is what you're alluding to. The second thing is that they're going to contribute to um, an eating disorder in their child, um, or they will insult or they will impact negatively on their relationship with their child if they talk about these issues. But but you know what? I I mean, maybe, maybe I look at it the wrong way. As a parent, though, if I saw my child 
eating too much, I would probably jump say in something. and say something. Intervene. Um, but I mean, is it worth it to let them know the type of costs they'll run into later and how it can adversely affect their health? Hey, if you don't watch this now, you could develop diabetes. Then you're going to have to take all these shots. Medicine, is that the type of life you want to have for yourself? The I doctor's mean, going to cut your feet off. Yeah, That'll well, scare them, you know? Yeah. It's terrible. Here's this, here's this. You know, when I say to parents, if your child had diabetes, you know, if your child has diabetes, if they had an issue with their thyroid, if they had an allergy, would right. you even think twice about discussing that with them? And they said, of course not. So I said, well, this is a medical issue, just like any of those are. Right. Um, you have to really consider your parental responsibility, mm-hmm. right? Now, you talked about communication. It's the way in which you bring it up. So you're not going to talk about weight. It's okay. very counterproductive to talk about sure. weight with your child. Okay. And also, it's interesting to be we're, we're, we're really alluding to the values that speak to children. Mm-hmm. So I had a kid in my office, which was very interesting, and I asked her, you know, why are you here? Mm-hmm. And she said to me, oh, I need to be healthy. I need to live a long life. I need to have, you know, my, I need to, for my heart to function well. Yeah. And I looked at her and I said to her, ooh, at 16 years old, you're thinking about your life? Yeah. I said, when I was 16, I thought I was going to live forever. <laughs> we all you're did. thinking about that, really? So, she said, so I said, what, what would you be doing? Or what would make a difference in your life if you had help? Yeah. And she burst into tears. Aww. And she said, I would be playing sports. And I said to her, oh, you're not playing any sports? So she said, no. I said, what sport would you be playing? She said, I always wanted to play softball, but I've always been inhibited because... I'm going to be the slowest one on my team. I'm going to be embarrassed. Got it. And her mother emailed me later and said to me, I have never, ever, I never knew that, and I never heard my daughter say that ever before. Mm. Yeah. So you have to speak to what's important to, to a kid. Right. Absolutely. Dr. Maidenberg, just about out of time. Biggest mm-hmm. takeaway for parents from your book? I think you really have to be cognizant about how you communicate about these issues with your child. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I have a whole chapter dedicated to communication. You want to focus on strength and agility and really what speaks to them. Right. Um, and it's lifelong lessons. And it has to do with any kind of stuckness that yeah. they have relative to anything else, for that matter. Yeah. We need so to be. It's important not to ignore. We, yeah. we need to be building up our children instead of tearing them down. But these are definitely subjects that you can't just. Uh, keep silent about Mm -hmm. um, with being overweight, but then how do you protect them against those big old school bullies? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's, you know, believe it or not, kids are bullied more about weight than any other issue, even about race or anything else. I'm sure. So it is a major major issue. It is. Well, thank you for Um, joining. And by the the way, it's not only, it's not only in schools, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of bullying going on within families, you know, siblings, teasing and, and, so Not to mention online. It's, it's, mm. Yeah, yeah, it's a larger media. Wow. Difficult subject. Thank you for walking us through some of those steps. Dr. Michelle Maidenberg, cognitive behavioral therapist and author of Free Your Child from Overeating. We appreciate you being on the program. Thanks, Thank Doc. Thank you for having me. Have a good one. Interesting make, stuff. I know. Mm-hmm. Well, make sure you stay tuned because we're going to talk about a book called The Intimidation Game. It's all about apparently how the left Mm -hmm. is silencing the right and people. Imagine that. No. What happened to the right of free speech? Mm -hmm. It doesn't exist.
Yes. We'll catch you on the flip side of the break. You're listening to American Medicine Today, presented by the Bonatti Spine Institute, featuring the internationally acclaimed inventor of the Bonatti Spine Procedures, Alfred Bonatti, MD. Once again, here are Dr. Bonatti and your host, Kimberly Brumell. Thank you for listening to American Medicine Today. I'm Kimberly Brumell, joined by Ethan Euchre. Glad to be here. Jeff Wagstaff. Yes, I am. And world-renowned orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Alfred Bonatti. Hello. Joining us is Kimberly Strassel, a member of the Wall Street Journal editorial board and author of The Intimidation Game, How the Left is Silencing Free Speech, which is an eye-opening investigation into how our government limits speech in America and what needs to be done to protect this basic freedom. I have to know, how do we protect it, Kimberly? Hi, so great to be here. <laughs> So what we have to do is speak out is because what we're seeing out there is uh, a very it's a coordinated uh, refined effort by many on the left these days to attempt to harass and intimidate their political opponents into going quiet when it comes to politics and Mm -hmm. they use a variety of tactics to do this one is to sick the federal bureaucracy on their opponents, like we saw with the IRS targeting scandal. Yes. Uh, one is when liberal prosecutors go after their opponents, like we saw up in Wisconsin when uh, several prosecutors went after groups that were supporting Scott Walker's uh, government reforms. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's activists going after conservative or free market groups with threats uh, and saying that they'll attack them and call them terrible names if they continue to do what they're doing. So mm-hmm. the way you stop this is you, you you don't be intimidated and you continue to speak. So so in other words, when they call you things like racist and bigoted. Deplorable. And, and de- exactly. <laughs> deplorable. Deplorable. You yeah. just keep on trudging through and, and say, you know what, doesn't matter what you say. No, you just say that I'm racist, period. <laughs> you just admit <laughs> no, it. I mean, yeah. Just it. Admit it. They, one of the things that they do is, you know, they in particular target groups that they know are worried about public perception. So Mm -hmm. this, for instance, they make particular targets out of public corporations. Um, uh, In one instance, which I tell about in the book, um, you had the American Legislative Exchange Council. It's a free market organization that pushes free market reforms at the state level. It's funded by corporations. Um, uh, the activists went out and got the names of all the board members uh, the, uh, of the companies that give money to it and went one by one and threatened to run ads in their hometowns calling them, yes, racists and climate deniers mm-hmm. um, and in general to brand the companies as such. And it, and it worked because these companies are concerned about bad press. They ended up pulling their funding from this free market group. But, but why but- do these people run scared? Well, again, I mean, we we really wish that, you know, corporate America has every right to speak in elections as anybody else. The the Supreme Court has said so. Um, And and so it would be nice to see them stand up for many of the principles that in the end other people defend for them. Um, But again, it's often a fear of... Um, uh, bad publicity, but I think more when we talk about average individuals, you have to remember, I mean, you're on a radio show, I am, some people are designed to do that and give their opinions. Other people want a quiet life, and they're worried about the IRS targeting them, for mm-hmm. instance, and the repercussions of that, or, or, you know, they are very scared when a liberal prosecutor launches a secret investigation into them and requisitions their phone and email records, like what happened in mm-hmm. Wisconsin. 
And those actions are designed to scare people and say, if you continue to do this, this is the sort of treatment you'll get. And, and I have sympathy for some out there who, who do go quiet because they're, they're scared of what could happen to them. I, I always believe that uh, if you don't do anything wrong, you can stand up and talk loud. <laughs> and if you, if you do something wrong, then, well, you need to modify your actions. So I don't understand why we cannot go and uh, go to the schools and, and, and uh, instruct the children uh, of the rights that uh, they are uh, the benefits for their, their future instead to be thinking that they're going to be slaves for the rest of life to, to uh, thoughts that you cannot talk, you cannot, you can stand up, you can say anything. One, one of the enormous amount of, of attraction that I have all my life for the United States is that you can be you. You may need to have some really a little rough areas sometimes in your life, but you know something? Stronger you stand, better you are, and more you accomplish. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand when corporations or politicians or, or – I mean, it's so amazing to see the right wing on the Congress, how cowards they are. I mean, any time they, they, they run scared for any accusation or anything. And, 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 and these people are supposed to be our representatives. They, come, they go there with ideas that we gave them, and, and, and they never accomplish anything because they're always scared to be targeted with racism or, or, or some incorrection things. You stand up and you, and you fight it. That's, that's the only thing that I see it. Yeah, one of the things that was actually quite inspiring about writing The Intimidation Game was that a lot of the people, while I did not set out to do this, uh, the stories that I ended up telling about them, uh, many of these average Americans who were targeted in one form or another, whether by the IRS or in these uh, by prosecutors or by mm -hmm. activist groups, they did, by and large, end up fighting back. Um, and what was really interesting was when they did, um, and expose things like they did with the IRS, and that finally came out, um, that they ended up being vindicated, and often the bullies backed down, because the reality is is that the intimidators don't like to be exposed. They'd rather do what they're doing in the dark um, and uh, get their mm -hmm. accomplish their objective, but right. when they get called out on violating free speech, then they often back down. <laughs> Well, one of the things that I see, for example, that's so refreshing today on these uh, political uh, type of a, um, meetings that I see with Donald Trump and, and Hillary Clinton, um, the accusations that they throw to Trump, they don't affect him at all. He's just going to laugh at it. And, and then suddenly you start to see that the effect of those accusations, they disappear. More than that, suddenly start to reverse. They go against the person who is doing this accusation. This, this is the truth in life. You need to stand up and you need to fight for what you believe is the truth. And, 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 and I don't see that that is happening. But when I look at what Trump is doing in the politics, I am so excited because I'm telling you, his freedom, the freedom of America is coming from an individual who really loves America, who doesn't want to be tied up to a political arena and who doesn't care about politics, cares about the country. Mm -hmm. And all these elements are coming through, and that's why he is sworn out, is because he believes America is worthy to fight for. 
there can be no doubt that that is a huge part of his attraction for mm -hmm. a lot of people. One thing that I've noticed as I covered the political races is how it's been effective for him in, in some ways in particular. If you remember back four years ago, Democrats spent a lot of time uh, hammering on Mitt Romney's wealth and suggesting mm -hmm. that he was part of the 1% and and therefore could not relate to average workers and blue-collar workers. Mm -hmm. uh, Hillary Clinton began this campaign attempting to make similar arguments against Trump, but has largely stopped or muted them and turned to other things, I think because Donald Trump is quite happy to talk about his wealth um, mm -hmm. and connect it to his belief that he lives in a in a country in which success is something we value and that uh, and yes. an understanding that everybody wants themselves to mm -hmm. in the end be a millionaire or a billionaire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when he and when he goes and, and, and somebody tells him about he's racist or a white supremacy and things like that, he goes, Hey, I am practically the least the, the last person you can talk to like that. I deal with the construction workers, nothing more than middle uh, class individual than the construction worker. Those ones, they are older races, different types of backgrounds, different types of behaviors, and he is dealing with them since he's a kid. So that is why he fights in the way that he fights. He fights like a real American middle class. Well, Doc, a lot of the reason why Trump himself gets labeled as a racist is because a lot of his supporters, and there's no denying it, a lot of his supporters that have come out and have been very uh, visual uh, or visible, okay. I should say, Mm -hmm. Have been racist, you know. The KKK has supported him, and this and that doesn't. Oh, mean, but that, that, no, well, that, but that well, is not right. That's no. not right. I, the KKK, I agree. I'm just the, saying the KKK is a concept created and managed, and in, 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 in is a is a democratic type of a program. Mm -hmm. Right this, now, if uh, if you're talking about and if you're talking about Hillary idolizes. No, if you're, if, you're if you're talking about that, that, uh, mm -hmm. that uh, what's the name of that king? King is, is David Duke. David Duke. Mm -hmm. If you're talking about David Duke, David Duke is an individual who can support or, or talk about like I, uh, whoever mm -hmm. I want. Mm -hmm. But that that thing doesn't mean that it has anything to do with the program or the ideology mm -hmm. or the behavior of Donald Trump. My Donald point Trump is, has nothing to do with that's it. my point. Is yeah. it doesn't mean Trump is racist, but yeah. he's he's labeled racist because he gets support from a hate community. Well, well that's my point. The, the, the part of this whole argument, though, that we're tiptoeing around is what what Donald Trump has done. Is he's basically given the bird to the political correctness of the country, exactly. and it's resonating Which I love. with yeah. the average mm -hmm. person mm -hmm. because well, the you political know, correctness you... is just—it's gotten to the point where it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. When you but, attack, when you attack him about the black, mm -hmm. the black type of, uh, that he's not—he's not helping blacks and things like that. He goes right. to open the whole black neighborhood. Mm -hmm. What is really shut up everybody else? When you talk about that he's not presidential, he goes and fights with the Mexicans in Mexico Agreed. and the president mm -hmm. and shut them up. Mm -hmm. This guy is a so refreshing, mm -hmm. so refreshing American that I'm telling you, mm -hmm. it's lovable to say that the country is waking up and and is 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 producing individuals because I'm telling you, it's going to be a lot of imitators as you as mm -hmm. you are saying. There will be a lot of people will start to talk about freedom again. We will see. So, True. Kimberly, we're out of time, but where can people mm -hmm. get your book, The Intimidation Game? Amazon.
Amazon.com. <laughs> Where well, else, of course. You exactly. Know, if you, oh, in bookstores across the country. It, I, it's everywhere. I was being facetious because, of course, you can get everything at Amazon.com. Yeah. Like, and, 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 and I apologize, Kimberly, because I, 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 I talk over what you were saying, but you just, you just opened totally an incredible subject. It's, it's a hot-button topic for him, but the mm. next time you write about something like this, you may also want to include the AMA because they are trying to silence doctors mm. from speaking out about what the Obama administration is doing. There's so your that next would be writing assignment. One. Yep. <laughs> this is, I'm already working on a sequel, so that Ooh, is excellent perfect. information. Thank you for that tip. Well, All we right. certainly appreciate you for joining us. Kimberly Strassel, member of the Wall Street Journal editorial board and author of The Intimidation Game, How the Left is Silencing Free Speech. Uh-uh, not going to happen on this show. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing um, Thank you. Thanks, Kimberly. your information with us. Yep. Thanks, Kimberly. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Good. I knew that would get Doc I know. Up. Well, make sure you stay tuned because we're <laughs> going to have much more coming up on what's new in American Medicine Today. Make sure you stay tuned. You're listening to American Medicine Today, presented by the Bonatti Spine Institute, featuring the internationally acclaimed inventor of the Bonatti Spine Procedures, Alfred Bonatti, MD. Once again, here are Dr. Bonatti and your host, Kimberly Brumell. Thank you for listening to American Medicine Today. I'm Kimberly Brumell, joined by Ethan Euchre. Glad to be here. Jeff Wagstaff. Present. World-renowned orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Alfred Bonatti. Hello. Well, Let's look at what's new in medicine today, featuring Alfred Bonatti, MD. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Medicare. So uh, Whoa, what's new, Doc? What a disaster. I know. Um, it's a total I, fraud. First, yeah. First, first thing, thing, they make the whole country to pay to be responsible to have health care uh, at the age that when they retire. And instead to have that situation, they have now... Uh, a tremendous amount of uh, lost of money because Obama is taking money from Medicare and putting it in Obamacare and in reinforcing uh, money that is going to the um, Medicaid. So with that situation in problems, you have another big problem. That is a fraud that mm-hmm. is happening also in Medicare. And that is, is is removing large amount of income, large amount of money from the program. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the Medicare fraud cannot be controlled and, and is every time more massive. Well, it, it can be controlled, but they're just not controlling it, right? No, cannot be controlled. Hmm. Okay. No, cannot be controlled because to be able to control any type of a program – or any type of a business, you need to have people capable to do the job. Right. Not governmental employees that they cannot be fired. Not governmental employees that they hire because they're friends of a friend. <laughs> not governmental employees that they are going mm-hmm. to lie and cheat. Right. Uh, and they are going to benefit for whatever the circumstances that can create. Somebody so, that can get the job done. Exactly. Okay. You need to have – If you one of the ideas that, that – I, I thought was brilliant is when um, Bush tried to make Medicare a type of a business, pass the money mm-hmm. and create a bank that is going to is going to re- really regulate Medicare and create an interest rate. Can you imagine the money that Medicare will have today with the situation of of of, of uh, investing on the market in the world? 
uh, and it's said to be all the time in deficit and in problems like that, they will have they will have enormous amount of income coming from from the investments of an investing bank, instead to have this situation that is being managed by politicians. Now, I don't understand very well why the government needs to be constantly involved in medicine. I don't know what is the attraction of, of, of the politicians to tamper with medicine. I know what they want to do is probably create an issue that is going to be a political issue to be attracted uh, in a discussion uh, offering situations to the to the people, but the real truth is they do not have any type of uh, intelligent solutions. Doc, you have a very unique insight from what you've done all your life, being involved in the medical industry. It just seems to me that when we talk about Medicare or when we talk about the VA, the amount of money that goes into the structure of these programs, as much waste as there is, if we simply eliminated them and gave that same money to the to the to the to the veterans who need health care and to people on Medicare who need health care and they were to enter into the private system, it seems like such a simple solution. You don't need you don't need to give the money to anybody. What you need to do is you need to go ahead and continue doing what initially was the idea take X amount of dollars from the paycheck and put it on the bank. Mm -hmm. And the bank with competent, responsible individuals that if they screwed up, they go to jail, man. Okay? Mm -hmm. So these people will not go to jail, will manage the things correctly, or they will go to jail. But we all know that the government has dipped their hands and they have pretty much bankrupted but that's Medicare what that's what I'm Security. that's what I'm trying to say I'm trying right. to say that you do not give these rights to the government you don't give medicine to the to, right. to, to, to the government you don't give Medicare to the government you don't give social security to the government you Correct. don't give those things to the government they are irresponsible right. and the worst part is they are not accountable mm-hmm. so they look Obama, what he's going to do now? He screwed up the country all over, destroyed the medical health care. He has now enormous amount of people totally messed up in the health care. And the guy, in two or three months from now, he's going to be vacationing in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. The guy should be in jail, man. Agreed. Mm -hmm. For sure. He's going to leave for the next guy who's coming here a nightmare. So and and the other thing is they're they're going after Medicare fraud to the insurance companies and not the fraud that's perpetrated on the American taxpayers. Well, so that's a problem too. It is. It is. But this all this convoluted problem is because you are giving the money to the wrong person. Okay. Now, if I give if I give my money, if I give my wallet right now sure. to somebody who is on the street and and, and is begging for uh, give me ten dollars for a hamburger, and I give him my wallet, I promise you, I never will see it again. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's why are we government. doing that? <laughs> why we give this to the government? Okay. Did the th- government has no solutions. No correct people. Okay. You cannot fire the people. You're not. They are not accountable. All these benefit on these people. Okay. From well, why? Well, let's hope that we cannot be spending ten million dollars worth of Medicare benefits on people that are 
deceased. Well, uh, this is exactly <laughs> what happened. That might help. That might help. Two hundred, two hundred, two hundred people receive ten million dollars mm-hmm. in checks. Ten million dollars. Ridiculous. And then suddenly they go, "Oh, oops! We give ten million dollars to the people." How do I get in on that? And that's a look at what's new in medicine today with Alfred Benati, MD. Well, we all know the highest supporters of the Democrats are the deceased. <laughs> Way to go, Reaching dead up people! The grave. All right. are dying for Hillary to get in. <laughs> oh, I'll be here next week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. And on that note, that about wraps things up. (laughs) Thank you for listening to American Medicine Today. If you or someone you know suffering with neck, back, sciatic pain, massive migraine headaches, RSD, fibromyalgia, don't just sit there and take what other people might have told you as that's your way of life. Uh Uh-uh, doesn't need to be. Try something that has 98.75% patient-reported satisfaction. That would be the exclusive patented targeted precision procedures, the Bonatti Spine Procedures. That about wraps things up. Check us out on Bloomberg. Bye-bye, Tampa. You're listening to American Medicine Today, presented by the Bonatti Spine Institute, featuring the internationally acclaimed inventor of the Bonatti Spine Procedures, Alfred Bonatti, MD. Once again, here are Dr. Bonatti and your host, Kimberly Brumell. Thanks for sticking around and hanging out with American Medicine Today. I'm Kimberly Brumell, joined by Ethan Euchre. Glad to be here. Jeff Wagstaff. Thanks for having me, Kimberly. And world-renowned, absolutely, and world-renowned orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Alfred Bonatti of the Bonatti Spine Institute. Hi. Jeff, right. you, you had something uh, <laughs> pretty funny to say during the uh, the break here. Oh, by the way, let's say hello to all of our, our, our affiliates. affiliates. I don't know if you can see Orlando, it. Orlando, Punta Gorda, them. Naples, and yeah. Melbourne twice. Thanks gonna, for listening. I was going to say, this is twice a radio is nice. show, so we may want to say who's... Oh, come on. <laughs> Make him check I'm, out our stream with WeBeamTV.com. Okay, if you're listening and, and you've never watched John our video stream, and Josh, you may oh want to watch. John is like from a remote area, but Josh, Josh is our man. No, no, okay. We could do that. I'm not a movie guy, so I didn't even know what and this we're movie be on was. But, uh-huh. but when we talked about, okay, what are we going to talk about? Are you talking about Ethan or I tell you what, I know there's this okay. movie called what Weekend is it? at Bernie's. Weekend at Bernie's, mm-hmm. a classic comedy, yeah, from yeah. the '80s. So it seemed to me like the Hillary Clinton health episode oh, looked boy. like a poor version of Weekend at Bernie's yeah. because, God bless her, mm-hmm. I don't wish ill will on anyone, but the lady looked like she was dead getting into that van. Mm-hmm. Or she, she looked like she was on her deathbed. Yes. And then for her to go into her daughter's mm-hmm. luxury apartment in New mm-hmm. York. And come out looking like a different person. Yeah, she had her John Lennon glasses mm-hmm. on. It's and body she was feeling gray. That, that's that what I'm saying. I have I heard the, consp- the conspiracy theory. And let me tell you, I was just mentioning this to Dr. Benatti yesterday. When you really start looking at the pictures, I don't question it at all. See, because it, the lookalike does not have the same hairdo. She's got hair about as fine as mine that's more pressed down towards the see, head. See, you know what, though? If I was uh-huh. going to pick a body double, I'd pick a much more attractive body double. So why well, didn't Hillary she do is. that? She doesn't like, have the jowl. She doesn't like, make herself look bad. Yes, the like body double is. supermodel comes strutting out right. looking like Hillary wearing the same frumpy right? clothes but, but still much hotter. Well, she did. She didn't have the wrinkles or the jowls or the jawline or the hair. She looked much happier and healthier. You guys are bad. They I love the beauty I parlor. Hope, I hope I'm never See? criticized by you guys. Well, in all fairness, oh. they probably took her to Chelsea's house, threw her in a cold shoulder, gave her a quick little hairdo and sent her back out to meet the press. Did Jack they give her, her some lipo too? Both Botox injections yeah. all and around lipo? the face. Well, yeah. Oh yeah. my God, you guys are bad. Uh-huh. What, you like Hillary now, Doc? No, 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 no. Turn it on a dime on us. But oh, we no. don't wish ill will on anyone. <laughs> but, 
Oh, we're just having and, fun. And what was that metal that fell out of her pants leg? What? what? Yeah. I didn't hear that. Oh, yeah. When she took that stumble and they had to pretty much carry her onto the uh, the van, a piece of metal fell out from her pant leg. Metal. Metal. And there's been no description of said metal that Well, out people of her pants? that have looked at it and seen what it was, they said it looked like a clip to a colostomy bag. Oh, my God. She got terrible. Yes. You guys wow. have that. Oh, no. Talk about okay. I think you know decimation of character, courtesy of Kimberly Brumell on American Medicine Today. You know, if the shoe fits. So. Or in this case. Or if the clip fits. No, but think about it. Look at Osama. He uh-huh. had like 15 different body doubles. Right. You know, so that nobody would know where the real Osama right, was. Right, but he admitted that he had those as That's true. Are we, diversions. Are we she, she's saying it is her. Equating Hillary to Osama. And then, but wait, but she comes out and first thing she does is she lets a little girl run up to her and hug her. Yeah. But she has pneumonia? Well, supposedly mm. this is non-contagious. Hey, Get pneumonia. 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 Non-contagious. Right. Oh, Okay. Yeah. See, we talk a lot of smack. I, I mm. personally, I'm not a fan of Hillary. I would never vote for her, but, you know, is a person. I don't know her, so, you know, I don't want to take shots at her personally. Yeah. We're just having fun with it, yeah. but. That, I, I just don't like her as a president, that's all. Yeah, I don't want her to be and, president. Uh, the rest of the things, you can go enjoy life. Yeah. yeah. And not you have a lot of millions, so you can have a good life. But any theories, Doc? No, she's the everyday millionaire. She, she's just like you at home oh. that struggle to work. She and Bill, they, they were out of sorts when they left the White House after returning all the stuff they stole. Well, and they the- had they had to suffer and only get speaking engagement jobs, which paid them hundreds of thousands of dollars for like 20 minutes. I, fe- I feel your pain. <laughs> Just for the record, if there's anybody oh listening that wants any of us, probably Dr. Benatti would never do this. I couldn't imagine Kimberly. But Ethan and I are available for speaking engagements for ridiculous sums of money. I'll do it for like 50 bucks. Uh, you know, everybody has a price. Mine is just super low. I'd get Ethan over there for a 12-pack. <laughs> you probably could. I've done lesser things for a 12-pack. Trust me. No. Hey, I'm doing it here for free. What the hell? <laughs> but seriously, Doc, do you have any sort of... You know, politics aside, any idea from a physician Wait, standpoint what might be wrong with Hillary? No, she she Parkinson's. She has she has several things. One of the problems that she has is she is uh, in an age that uh, requires uh, a, probably a little bit more care. Mm-hmm. Um, she had an exposure to an extremely exhausted campaign. Because uh, Donald Trump is extremely strong, it's hard to keep up and, with the lies, uh, and and he's going is going really making her try to match his strength, and she cannot. So she got over overwhelmed with that. She mm-hmm. got weak, uh, and uh, and she collapsed. And, yeah. and I think that's the whole thing. I think oh, then okay. probably she had at the same time some cold that she yeah. catch. On plane and those those changes well, of atmosphere. I, I thought maybe that. she just got sick of her own crap. <laughs> Actually, this just in off the AP wire: Hillary has a bad case of the Democrats. <laughs> this whole country and has a bad case. On that case note, of the thank you so much for joining us. On, no. <laughs> Our show has just been canceled. This just in. <laughs>
<laughs> no, but really, Doc. Uh, I mean, you have a good point. That kind of I think arduous that, I schedule. Think she's just she's over Aww. overworked. That's all. Yeah, yeah. and it, the schedule was brutal. And she lady. tried to match uh, Trump's schedule, and she, she wasn't able to do it. She she didn't get enough sleep during the whole Benghazi oh my scandal. God. <laughs> well, I was honestly just yeah. going to bring that up. If you look at photos, hey, I, I, I want to keep I want to keep you as just my friend. I never want to keep you as my enemy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, if you look at photos from back. Yeah. Three, four years ago, right. before pre-Benghazi, yeah. she looks a thousand years older at this right. point. So, I mean, that whole thing being, you know, grilled in front mm-hmm. of uh, yeah, the at, panel and all of that. Right. Is, you know, the, the, deny, the, deny, the deny. The presidency mm-hmm. is is a very, very heavy type of a yeah. uh, work. Oh, um, yeah. Look, look, Obama. He looked mm-hmm. like he's ready to jump in the grave. I mean, I, we can help him, you, but. Uh, <laughs> You heard that one here first. He looks 30 years older, though. If you look yeah. at Obama in 2008, yeah. when he was first elected. What the aging. Yeah. In yeah. fairness to Obama, he looked very youthful when he was elected, mm-hmm. and the presidency has definitely aged him between... between he you mean he looked clueless he cannot, and then he cannot, through he the years, even, reality smacked him in the face a few times? He, no, he cannot even no. talk no. now. I don't know what okay. would be worse for Obama, in fairness to him, uh-huh. being president for eight years or raising two teenage daughters, both will give you gray hair. This is true. <laughs> so, Put those together. And I imagine ma- mm-hmm. raising teenage daughters in the White House has to have challenges He vacations with them an awful lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he really <laughs> raised them there because he's always been outside the White House all the time. Hey, you're relentless. He's played how many games of golf? She's tough. And then he hey, campaigns hey, hey, for Hillary. Not, wait, me, wait. Say, wait. Hillary, Hillary's fallen all over herself. Pardon and the then button. he Literally. goes out on the campaign trail <laughs> And decides he is going to campaign for her. When on God's green earth did another president do that? I understand a president saying maybe I back so and so. endorse them, yeah. But do you really campaign for them? They are scared, <laughs> poopless. Democrapless. <laughs> I think that's that's the maybe, answer. Maybe Obama's going to try like to pull a Putin, one. and he's yes. going to come back in four years and try yes. to run for president again. Uh, uh, they uh, need to expel all the BS mm. from the Democrats. Yes, the DC. I agree. Yes, Democrats. Yep. Up mm-hmm. in D.C. Anyway, we have about a minute left, and the whole point of this segment also is to uh, promote Mr. Dr. Bonatti and his oh, illustrious... Leave me, out, leave me out of this now. <laughs> Doc do, do doesn't want tra- anything to do with... How do we transition that on one? The institute well, that was a great segue, wasn't it? <laughs> if you are in pain enough with the crud that the Democrats are flinging around, and it has been weighing you down and compressing... The vertebrae in the spine, <laughs> and you feel the weight of the world on your shoulders like Atlas. Reach out to Benati at Benati.com. You can find true patient pain resolve. 855-267-0483. Please keep, please keep Obama Check us out golf. on Facebook, like us, hey. and uh, tweet <laughs> at Dr. Benati using hashtag American Medicine Today or hashtag AMT. We would like to hear from you. That's enough. Check us out next I, time. I'll, I like to say that keep Obama playing golf so he doesn't screw up medicine anymore. <laughs> exactly. Toodles. See ya. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.